Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All right, fans. Here we go. Four two-minute rounds of boxing scheduled. Women in the ring. This is a two-minute round. Uh, your hooks and jabs look at the female boxing world. My name is Felipe Leon, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Mr. David Avila. David, how you doing? Very good, Felipe. How are you? Good, good. Hopefully soon uh, we'll have joining us our third co-host, Elena Baby Doll Reed. Hopefully she calls in, and in about 15 minutes, we're going to have the former WBC international super middleweight champion, Maricela Cornejo joining us and to give us her take on her last fight, which was last weekend in Cancun, and then um, what is coming up with her in her career. Obviously, the big talk is a possible showdown with the current WBC and IBF super middleweight champion, Clarissa Shields. Uh, we weren't here last Thursday where we were supposed to because Mr. Avila had some prior engagements. But we are here now. We got a ton of fights to talk about. We got an upcoming calendar. And then we also have the past calendar plus some news, some big news. Should we break the news now, David, or should we wait till later on? Let's tease the people and have them stick around to hear the big news, which you're going to hear first here on the two minute round. Yeah, would you, you want me to break it now? Let's 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 have them have to wait a little bit to hear the big news that we got okay. going on. All right, let's start okay. off with uh, with the fight results starting on Saturday, July 29th in Mexico City, Mexico. Sanford Promotions on the Azteca Channel, the second largest TV network in Mexico, gave us Anabel Ortiz scoring a unanimous decision over Nancy Franco in a 10-rounder. Uh, Ortiz uh, defended her WBA 105-pound title with scores of 98-91. 9792 and 9693. Actually, Ortiz hadn't fought since January. She looked pretty good. She looked so, pretty mobile even though she had a it looked like she had a bum knee there. She had it wrapped up, but that right hand had could not miss and she looked pretty good in that fight. What do you think of that, uh David? Uh, Ortiz is uh she's pro. I mean, she's pretty hard to beat at that division right now. And uh, Nancy Franco is a tough girl. I've seen her fight in person and very tough, uh, knows how to fight, but Annabelle is just a little too uh, boxing savvy. Yeah, I think I agree with you. I think that Annabelle is pretty much un- unbeatable at that weight class. Um, so, I mean, the rumor has been and the talk has been that she'll be moving up to junior flyweight pretty soon, but we have not seen that yet. I don't know if she's going through some – physical ailments with that knee and that fact that she hadn't fought since January. So we'll see if she makes the jump by the end of the year or next year 
and I don't know if she's going to leave that title vacant because it looks to me like she's pretty much run through the gauntlet at 105 pounds. The same night at the in the Barclays Center uh, on Brooklyn, New York, on the undercard of Mikey Garcia's def- uh, win over Adrian Broner, Katie Taylor from Ireland made her U.S. debut, scoring a third-round uh, third TKO against the tough but overmatched Jasmine Clarkson in a scheduled eight-rounder, the weight class of 135 pounds. And like always, Katie Taylor looking dominant over, you know, uh, like I, I said, again, Clarkson, but just overmatched, David. Yeah, I mean, it, it's funny because that was really a couple of steps backwards for Katie Taylor. It's like uh, they had their choice of all these fighters they could fight. She had already fought girls that had world titles and European titles and run, were, you know, had great records. And then she fights somebody who's, who's basically a, a good little fighter at her level. She's still learning. And she fights uh, Jasmine Clarkson, which didn't make sense. But she had all these other female fighters she could fight. It was, it was kind of a disappointing choice. Do you think it was because perhaps the scheduling didn't happen and it was just the best opponent they could find? Or, or did you hear something otherwise? Uh, actually, I heard that they were going to try and get uh, Silgado, who had fought for the title against uh, uh, Cindy Serrano, and uh, they opted to go for the easier one. And uh, I, I thought they should have gone, gone with Silgado, but uh, they, uh, her promoter is Eddie Hearn. It, it wasn't DeBella or it wasn't uh, uh, any American promoter. Eddie Hearn is, is from uh, United Kingdom, and it was his choice to pick this uh, Clarkson. So you got to blame it on him. I guess he's trying to get uh, some kind of spectacular knockout for her American debut. Yeah, that probably makes the most sense that she, they were trying to put on an impressive uh, show. But the thing is, is that with her, anytime she steps into the ring, it doesn't matter who it's with, it's impressive. So I don't know why they have yeah. to go out of their way to get somebody that really is not at her level. Yeah, yeah, it's just poor matchmaking on uh, Eddie Hearn's part. And then uh, moving on to Friday, August 4th, from Buenos Aires, Argentina, there was a shocker. Maria Cecilia Roman scored a split decision win over previous champion Carolina Raquel Duer in a 10-rounder, uh, capturing the t- uh, IBF Bantamweight title. The scores were 96-94 for Duer, but those were overruled by a 96-94 and 95-94 Roman. And I watched this fight, David, and I, I know you did too. And I think the, the uh, scorecards were a little... Uh, too close from comfort. I thought it was a little bit wider. I think that Roman uh, opened up the show pretty well and closed the show pretty well. Um, and Duer kind of won maybe a couple rounds in the middle of the fight. But I thought Roman was in much more control than the scorecards uh, uh, show. What do you think? Yeah, it's definitely a case of somebody looking over, uh, overlooking uh, a rather unknown girl. And that girl just came in the fight and from from the first round on, she was on, and kind of caught wet by uh, surprise. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, this this uh, Roman, you know, like you mentioned, somewhat of an unknown, but she was she was there to win the fight. She didn't care who was in front of her. I think that uh, with her performance, she would have gave anybody of the 118 pound champions a run for their money. Definitely. Uh, the same night, but the, from the Grand Hotel here in Tijuana, Mexico, number one ranked 
a junior flyweight for the WBA. Sandra Robles scored a unanimous decision in a keep busy, keep busy fight against Jessica Rangel in an eight-rounder, whereas from the MGM Grand Detroit in Detroit, Michigan, Clarissa Shields keeps making history, scoring a fifth-round TKO over former undefeated champion Nikki Adler at, at the 134 mark of the fifth round to capture the WBC and the vacant IBF 160-pound titles. David, what did you think about Clarissa Shields? She looked pretty strong, pressed her best performance yet. I was kind of shocked of Nikki Adler, you know, 19-0 and 0 up to that point, had fought some names in the female boxing world in her division, like uh, Clara Swanson and uh, uh, the other one, Michaela Lawrence, but she looked amateurish against Clarissa Shields that night. Yeah, I think she just got overwhelmed by her speed. I, I, I think she felt she had fought somebody comparable, but, I mean, Clarissa's speed is just uh, another thing. When you're in the ring and somebody's hitting you, you can't do anything against them. Uh, she was just in a defensive posture the whole fight, well, as long as it lasted. Yeah, and, and the fact also is that, you know, you mentioned her speed, but it looks like her power is somewhat to look to, uh, out for as well. And Clarissa Shields, you know, was, she was pretty, pretty much putting her whole weight uh, on those punches, and it looks like they were hurting Adler and at least making her think twice about opening up and throwing punches and, you know, putting herself in, in danger. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's funny because uh, our guest today, uh, Maricela Cornejo, was supposed to fight Nikki Adler. And I guess we'll talk about that later. Yeah, I want to find out that story because she was supposed to be the mandatory for Nikki Adler and she was expecting to be the mandatory. But then all of a sudden we get the announcement that it wasn't going to be Cornejo, but Clarissa Shields actually, um, you know, uh, challenging for those titles. When Clarissa Shields, in her previous fight, the third fight in her career as a professional, she won, uh, well, actually her second fight, she won the NABF middleweight title. And then in her third fight, she won the silver middleweight title. And all of a sudden, she jumps to the super middleweight division. So we'll talk to Cornejo about that and see what her thoughts are and if she has somewhat of a story to go along with that. Uh, so we move on to Saturday, August 5th, from the Barrio El Bosque. Uh, this was actually a really good fight. Uh, in Barranquilla, Colombia, Ali Sanchez scored a split decision win over Liliana Palmera uh, with scores of 97-92, 95-94 for Sanchez, whereas Palmera uh, got a, a nod with a 95-94 Scorecard, this was for the WBA 122-pound title. I saw Palmetto win this fight, David, but, you know, being that she, I think it was a vacant title, and being that the fight was in Colombia where Sanchez is from, then I think she got a little bit of a home-cooked decision there. Did did you score it or did you just watch it? Uh, No, I I wasn't able to score because I didn't watch the entire fight. I did catch a couple of rounds. But an interesting matchup and and, an interesting uh, crowd response i mean they were they were 100 percent behind this fight yeah there was it was a, a large crowd in barranquilla colombia it was it looked like an outdoor venue they were you know they were right there with every one of those uh, uh with those punches and everything and hopefully we see a rematch of this i think liliana palmera deserves it let's see if ali sanchez who has fought for titles before she actually i think believes she fought in tijuana against jackie nava um i think she got knocked out 
but she's fought for titles before, very experienced. Hopefully, we see a rematch of this fight. That fight happened on August 5th, uh, August 5th, Saturday in Colombia. The same night, you were there uh, covering the fight. Michaela Meyer, the former U.S. Olympian, now signed to top rank, uh, made her pro debut, an impressive one, with the first-round knockout of Winden Lee Figueroa in a Schedule 4 rounder at lightweight. David, tell me your thoughts about Mayer in her first professional fight. Well, I mean, I, I expected the speed. I've seen Mayer, uh, Michaela Mayer, uh, spar, and I've seen her before uh, in, in amateurs. She, she's fast. But what I didn't expect was that power. I mean, she came in, and when she landed that body punch, it, it was a loud thud. I mean, it connected, and you could hear it. And she just, um, it was just a one-punch knockout to the, to the body with a, with a left. And uh, pretty impressive. I mean, it didn't last that long. You couldn't really tell what Figueroa had to offer in return. But uh, she's just, Michaela just had that speed, that height, and that power. We'll see and uh, I... if it events. Uh, go ahead. No, go ahead. We'll, we'll see if it, it results in a showdown with her and uh, Katie Taylor. They've never fought, even though they've both been in amateurs for many years. Okay. So I, th- I saw, I didn't watch the video. I didn't get a chance to video, but there is an interview with Michaela Meyer where she explains the reason why she has never faced Katie Taylor, or why she never faced Katie Taylor in the amateurs. Have you gotten a chance to watch that video or know some of the backstory? Uh, well, they just never met in the international tournaments. They just never met. It was just one of those three things. Uh, yeah, it, it, one or the other would lose. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, that's that's what happened. Now, before we before we uh, break the news that we got today, actually, David, uh, Mr. Avila, got the news today. Uh, let me give you one more result, which has to do with our guest, who should be calling in any minute, Maricela Cornejo, the former WBC International Super Middleweight cha- uh, Champion and highly ranked uh, Super Middleweight. Uh, she'll be calling in and giving us her thoughts about her this fight, actually, that happened on Saturday, August 12th, this last Saturday from the Arena Oasis in Cancun, Mexico, on Televisa. Alejandra Jimenez scored a third-round knockout of Vanessa LePage-Joanice of Canada to defend her heavyweight title, whereas Maricela Cornejo scored a unanimous decision over Vanessa Rodriguez, late sub Vanessa Rodriguez, in a six-rounder at 168 pounds. So with that said, David, why don't you break the news that you got today? It's pretty interesting somewhat of exclusive. It's been rumored, but now they made it official. Uh, yes, I was just uh, informed uh, by Amanda Serrano's camp that the WBO officially uh, sanctioned her as a mandatory for the super lightweight division, the, the WBO super lightweight champion, our, our junior welterweight world champion, uh, Ana Steche from Argentina, uh, will be fighting Amanda Serrano. And uh, they're, they have time to, 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 um, to accept the offer, and uh, it looks like it, it's going to be on Showtime. Hopefully it'll be on Showtime on the Championship Boxing Channel. So it should be happening this fall. That is the fight that uh, Armanda mentioned to us about three weeks ago when we had her on the show and when she actually also mentioned to us that she was really taking very serious uh, consideration of switching over to MMA 
But now it looks like she's going to stick around with boxing to get ready for this fight. Now, like you mentioned, Estreche has the chance to either say yes or no to the fight. So if she says no, and being that the WBO proclaimed Serrano as her mandatory, if she says no, then she can vacate the title, and now Amanda must fight the highest-ranked fighter willing to step into the ring with her for the vacant title, correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, so for those who don't know, Amanda already has five world titles and five weight divisions, which is unheard of. It's never been done in, in women's boxing. And um, she's going for a six. It'll be a six-weight division. And um, it's pretty exciting uh, if she does it. Um, I mean, she's in the territory of your Oscar De La Hoyas and Manny Pacquiao's, and uh, hopefully the the entire world gets to know. I know the the women in boxing know all about her. I mean, Mariana Juarez has told me much about her. Uh, uh, Naoko uh, Fujioka knows about Amanda Serrano. They all look to Amanda Serrano as their their goal. They want to achieve what she's achieved uh, in gathering all these titles in different weight divisions, which is uh, Pretty phenomenal. Yeah, it is. So let's uh, let's patch in some callers. I believe that we have Elena on the line, and then I think we have Maricela Cornejo as well. Let me patch in the first one, 206, error code. Hello, Maricela. Hello, is this, is this Maricela? Yes. Hi, Maricela. This is Felipe from uh, the Two Minute Round Hooks and Jabs Look at the Female Boxing World. And let me patch in. I think the other call here is Nancy. Give me one second. Yeah. Nancy Rodriguez, your manager. Hello, Nancy. Hi, Felipe. Hi, Nancy. How you doing? Good. And yourself? Thank you. Well, I would like to welcome both of you. For, first of all, the former WBC International Super Middleweight Champion, Maricela Cornejo, to the show. Is that the first time she's with us? I think we've had her. I think she was our first, our second guest. Right, David? Uh, yes, yes, she was. I think she, yeah, guest. she was our second guest ever about a year ago. Our first guest was Tom Loeffler. Our second guest was actually Maricela Cornejo. And with her is her manager, Nancy Rodriguez. So with that said, I'm going to pass the baton to Mr. David Avila. Maricela, hi, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you, David? Very good, Maricela. And uh, Nancy, how are you, too? Doing great, David. Nice talking to you. Yeah, same here. Y'all, you sound different, both of you. Do I sound different? You know, it, it's a, it's a beautiful phone voice. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite. <laughs> but so anyway, congratulations, Maricela. I, tell me, what's what's it like fighting somebody you don't even know you're going to fight? You have no idea what she's like. Uh, what was it like uh, fighting uh, uh, Vanessa Rodriguez? Um. Well, I've been used to that. I have. It wasn't my first um, rodeo on not knowing who I was going to fight um, and not knowing her style or anything like that. Uh, um, so, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It, it was, it was fine. Um, it wasn't something what kind I, of, I. The what? What kind of adjustments did you have to make once you you realized what you were facing? Well, it wasn't really a fight with her. It was a fight. Excuse my language. With my breath coming out, um, <laughs> the fight, oh, and uh, oh. that I, I made a mistake. I am. I don't have the experience to know what not to do, what to do, 
um, that I that I wasn't able to learn in the amateurs, and this was my first time um, um, wearing not wearing a double bra, and I learned a huge, huge, huge mega lesson um, that if I were to be fighting somebody else, I probably wouldn't have um, came out with the victory because my mind wasn't wasn't there at the fight. I was more worried about my my bra. Um, adjustment and uh, from round one really from the round one that happened that my she pulled down my bra and I she did it purposely what she did it purposely no we're in a fight you you don't realize what you're doing your your hands are going crazy um so her 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 gloves pulled down um my bra and I just about gave a show, or I think I did give a show to the front row, <laughs> and and I I had to be adjusting that a lot, and and I just I just wasn't there mentally from round one. Um, I believe it was like it, there was thirty thirty forty seconds left on round one, and I go to the corner, and I I tell my you know Joel what happened, and and he knew it right away. He. I, he he knew. I I wanted to tell him, can you just get some tape and just uh, tape me around? But I wasn't sure if that's legal. Um, oh. So I I messed. Up. I, I I learned a huge huge lesson from that, and it was the biggest mistake that I I kicked myself so much from it because I was disgusted by my performance, um, and really it was a disrespect to my trainer, to my team, and for something so non-boxing like it wasn't my that my boxing like you know lost the fight it was because of a stupid Mm. effing mistake of a bra but it could have been much worse um again i i don't have the experience to know what to do what not to do Mm -hmm. basically of the of the amateurs of and i'm learning on the job i literally am learning on a job and and it is just a huge disappointment um that I'm holding on myself that I have something um, to give to my trainer and my team because uh, to me it's a huge disrespect what I did that uh, on Saturday night and um, I, I already apologize to my my manager and I and my team I'm just I'm just disgusted by my performance really there's no other way to put it and I'm not going to say it, it's an excuse but I know within what what um what I could have done and I didn't because my mind was focusing on keeping my girls intact and it's the stupidest mistake I can ever have done and I will never repeat it again. So, you know, it's, it's funny that I've seen it happen twice uh, before once was, and it was another high, it was a high level fight. I think between Crystal Morales and uh, Lisette Mazel and uh, actually Crystal lost the fight because of it, because like, like you said, she was busy trying to, to maintain her, her her robe, and um, mm-hmm. and then it also happened to Ronda Rousey uh, mm-hmm. in her very first fight. Same thing, same thing. I asked yeah. her, and she said same thing that she was so busy trying to not give people a show that she let this girl take her down. And yeah. uh, it, it's just one of those things that men, you know, we don't we have no idea. That can happen. Yeah, and 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 to some, I mean, some will say, I I I take full responsibility for that, and and due to that, my performance was fucking disgusting. Excuse my language, but to many, it can sound as an excuse, and I'm okay with that. 
Um, but I, I just know within um, what what I was feeling and what I was truly worried about that damn. That's why I say if I were to face anyone else that night, I wouldn't have came out with the win. I, I don't believe that because um, I know my performance was not what I am capable of doing and what my trainer has <laughs> elevated me to. It, 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 to me, it was an embarrassment, and I'm sure to them too, but, um, yeah. That's all I got to say about that fight. Well, say on that note, the fact that, that you that you wore what you wore that day, would you have worn that same thing when you were fighting, if you were to have fought Mickey Adler? A lot of people didn't know you were supposed to fight Mickey Adler for the title. Yeah, I mean, I, I my that's that's the vision that I wanted for that um, for that fight. I wanted it to be all white, and I happened to use oh. a, a very loose bra no no like even from the backstage like I was just I told them you know I I showed them I was like it looks weird you know and even my mom was like what was wrong with your bra it looked like there was no it was just weird and I was like yeah the cups were moving around and um it was a very valuable lesson and I'm I'm thankful I learned it but um I came out with a crappy performance because of that. But it, again, I mean, I learned something and that will never ever be, a, uh, I'll, I'll never be able to use that excuse quote unquote again. Um, but yeah. So, so what did you getting back to the title? You were supposed to find Nikki Adler. They bumped you to, and put Clarissa Shields. Clarissa wins mm-hmm. the title. Mm-hmm. Where does that put you in your mind, or 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 in, or in the mind of the WBC uh, rankings? Well, I have no idea. I mean, what was said to me before was was what not wasn't done. So I, I don't know. I, I I don't hold like you know. I don't expect anything. Whatever happens, happens. Um, and I'm just gonna take whatever fight they put in front of me that my team and my promoter agrees to. And right now we're in the middle of some negotiations. So um, truly once that's done, um, we'll see where, where to go from there. What was your opinion of the fight? But with with that Nikki Adler and Clarissa Shields fight, I mean, the way I say it was that was supposed to be my punching bag. <laughs> so, but I'm I'm glad the the belt is in the U.S. You know, I'm I'm glad. I'm very I'm very happy for Clarissa. It's amazing what what she's accomplished. I mean, no other woman has accomplished. You know, no other woman was born in the time. It's all time. Like you know, we all live mm-hmm. in. It, it, it's a, it's the right timing that that she was able to attend the the Olympics. No other woman, you know, has ever been able to do that. So it's all with timing, and and it's it's awesome. It's awesome that other women now, from here on out, have the opportunity to go to the Olympics because Lucia Reichger, you know, um, Mia Spain, all these other boxers before did not have that opportunity to create history, and she created history, and and that's amazing what she has been doing. You know, um, coming from the story back, the background story that she's she came from, I, I have absolutely nothing but respect for that. Uh, I'm more on, you know, the humanity part of uh, she came from a difficult road, just like everybody has their their life story and their life struggle. You know, you have 
a, a choice you have. You either choose to be better or to become better, and she became better because of her, her past. So um, I salute that. How has your cat been with uh, Joel Diaz? Uh, you've been there now for, for two fights. Um, yeah. What What's that experience been like uh, training in the desert? It's been awesome. It's been awesome. It, it's, I mean, the, the camp was great. Like, <laughs> I went in there. Uh, yeah, it, it, I love it. I love it. It's all family. Um, everybody's, you know, everybody's good people. Everybody just wants to become, uh, helps each each other to become better. And um, the mentality of, uh, of, of the Diaz brothers is um, what they've helped me with as well. Um, which I don't believe I showed at all on Saturday night, and um, it is is awesome. It, it's very. I, I feel like like it's all a lie that I'm out here with them and learning from the best. So um, I'm very grateful for them um, to have accepted me into. You know, it's all it's all full of guys. I'm the only I'm the only girl there. Um, so. I just watch. I just watch all all the the boxers. Virgil Ortiz is somebody who who's helping me a lot on um, sparring, and and I watch them and um, try to adapt and and pick up on things here and there. So it, it's it's good. I, I love it out here. That, that's a good point. Uh, you're you're over there. There's not a whole lot of women over there in the desert, especially not not in your weight class. Who do you spar with? Mm-hmm. With the guys. With the guys, oh, okay. um, they'll help me out. Yeah, they're pretty dangerous fighters. I mean, Virgil Ortiz is one of the most uh, explosive punchers in in the game that most people don't know about yet. Yeah, he's 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 somebody to look out for. It's it's awesome that I get to see them, you know, upcoming. Um, he's a young one, and he's gonna grow into a middleweight. Um, he's I think nineteen, so his, his body's you know still growing and. Um, he's gonna be he's gonna be the next Canelo. Once Canelo's exiting now, it, I I do believe it's gonna be Ortiz that's gonna be coming out of there. Who are some of the other stars that people don't know about that are in your gym? Um, Saul Sanchez. He's mm-hmm. he's um Nancy. You know him pretty well, right? Yeah. Yeah, Emilio's yes. brother. He's very good. Yeah. What weight class is he? Mm, I'm not sure. I think Bantam weight, maybe. Yeah. He's he's really good. Um, he has an upcoming fight. Where is he fighting at? Uh, I don't, I, no, he's not fighting on the Koto fight. Um, but yeah, he's he's his brother. He's right? upcoming. Yeah. What's the like um, is Diego de Loyas in your in your Camp. Um, Diego. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's also um training out of there. He's been here for a while now with Joel, I believe. Um, so yeah, Diego also trains there. Um, Devin, his cousin, Devin, that all yeah, Oscar's son. He's he's oh, you know it. working on his amateur his amateur career. Um, yeah, we're right now we're actually we're at uh, our coach's house. We're at Joel's place and we're all barbecuing. So it's all just it's all the the whole team's here, um, yeah. Everything's like family. Oh, are they trying to go in? Hold on. Okay. 
sorry, somebody else got here right now. And then there's this also this this other guy who's here who just arrived right now. Um, Thomas, what's his name? Nancy? No, Thomas? it's Javier. He was. Are you talking about Javier who just he was supposed to go to the Olympics? Ralph Heredia is his manager. Javier, oh, right? Yeah, Javier yeah. Martinez. No, yeah, not him that got here. Um, he got here from Texas. He's from Texas, right? Yeah. Yeah, so he just joined the team, um, I think, like, last week. So he he's, a lot he's of out here with us. Yeah, yeah, Virgil, and then um, what's his name? Uh, Omar Figueroa, and then his brother also. Um, yeah. Yeah, everybody, everybody here is, is good. So, 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 Nancy, you're the manager. What's the next step for Maricela uh, in terms of uh, – what you see, what you see. Well, I mean, she has she has four opportunities right now. She, which we have to, um, as a team, talk about and, and see what the best options are. But she can fight for either the silver or world title at 160, or she can fight for the silver or world title at 168. Which we have to see which com- which weight she's more comfortable at. Um, but like she said earlier, we're we're under negotiations right now with a promotion company here in the States, a, a pretty big one. So um, I, we want to seal that first before we move on to the to the next opponent. Because oh, okay. as it is, so that's, um, that's she was she, she was supposed to fight. Um, people don't know this, but she was actually supposed to fight. Angelica Lopez Flores, who's eight and zero with five KOs in in Mexico, that was her opponent. That's who Maricela trained for for this camp. But unfortunately, I think I told you at the top rank fights or somebody, um, they called me that she was injured. So this other fighter right. came in at three one and one last minute, and that's fine. But um, those last minute changes, obviously. I, it was not my favorite choice, but Maricela had already been training for so long, David, because she was promised um, Nikki Adler. We literally waited right. for Nikki Adler to come back from vacation, and we were at the Canelo Comp fight when we see the announcement that she's fighting Clarissa Shields, and I called uh, the WBC, and I asked, I said, what's going on if Maricela is a mandatory? And it was, um, she decided to take the voluntary and I, I don't blame her. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's more, there was probably more money there. I don't blame right. her. But, but I, I personally told Maddie I would like for her to face, to, to fight with Nikki Adler. Fight with Nikki Adler for, for the silver. Um, and, and then, you know, work her way to, to the world title. Um, yes, um, Clarissa Shields, because I'm sure it's already out there. I saw it a couple times today. I did reject um, the offer. For, to fight Clarissa because we can't do it right now if we're negotiating with a promotion company. I, I oh, said, I give see. me a week to figure it out. Who, who, I'm sorry? Who, 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 uh, you, you rejected it, but who, who, who put it out there? I didn't reject it. I told them to give me, I said, give me a week because we're in negotiations with a promoting promotion company. And um, there's 23 girls in their in their weight class, David. I think you know that. So regardless yeah. of which promotion company they're with, they're going to have to face each other. And I, I'm sure it's going to be within the next six months to a year. 
So um, could you tell us if, if the could you tell us if the promotion company is in the east or west coast or is it in this country? West coast. Oh, okay. So she'll yeah. stay locally yeah. then. Yeah. So um, so I'm very excited to just finish off this business side of actually having a big promotion company behind Maricela. And then after that, you know, give, give that a week. They gave me a week. We're going to wait a week. And then after that, okay, seal that deal. And then start looking at opponents, which um, I hope, we're hoping she can fight November this year uh, under a big card in, in New York. Wow, that's great. So, Felipe, mm-hmm. did you have some questions? Yes. Um, Nancy, first of all, with you, you mentioned that you got an offer from the Shields camp, was that after the win over Nikki Adler? Yes. And uh, what time, well, what date did they give you for that fight? It's for early December. And they mentioned would obviously you... be conflict of interest because Maricela, if all goes well, she'll be scheduled to fight in November. Um, and, and it would have been on Showtime, I, I expect? They did. Actually, uh, Showtime was not mentioned to me. Mm. Well, I mean, I would the expect offer, it. The offer was pretty low, so I'm mm. thinking maybe it's just a local um, title defense. Very like, low. Like what, no, pretty uh, low. Like what they've done, <laughs> like they done in Detroit. Um, now, a uh, question for you, Maricela. You know, looking at your record, you started off pretty much as a middleweight and then after suffering that defeat in Australia against Callie Reese for the, uh, for the uh, middleweight title, you jumped up to super middleweight. But do you feel more comfortable or is it easier, easy for you to make the 160-pound uh, limit? I, I, can make, I can make the 160 pound as well. I just um, – going out there, going out there um, to – Where's where's the world title at? Um, with Hammer? It was in Germany. Well, yeah. So Germany. So you basically, I don't know. I I feel I feel fine at both weight classes. I'm I'm fine either way. It, it's wherever the opportunity comes for a fight. Period. It's so mm-hmm. it's so. If they were to say you want to fight at 160 for this next for the next. Um, for the next fight, then yeah, we'll do it at 160. It, it, it's just going to have to make sense with being with everything. Even even we're looking into what is what is um Ana Gabriel? Hannah? Yeah, Hannah She's Gabriel's 154. at 154. Yeah, 154. Um, like I, I was even looking at that as well as an option. So it's not it's it's whatever makes sense and whatever gives me a respectable number. Like I'm not gonna. It, if somebody's offering me crap, I mean, uh, obviously you're gonna. I'm gonna have to work a little bit harder to make that way, but I can make that way. I can make that kind of money easily. Not, you know, at, at 168 being the top. I think the last fight it was 165 that I weighed in. Um, but I, it, it all has to make sense. It all has to make sense. It all has to make sense for male male fighters. So I'm not saying oh just because they do it. it it's to me, it, 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 there's no uh, – it doesn't make sense. I'm going to work harder for less pay? Uh, mm-hmm. No. Now, but look, those fight who with don't Clarissa, have to put in the, the work yeah. in, the, in, the, in the ring, those who don't have to, 
don't know what it truly takes to um, be a boxer will criticize. You know, they'll, they'll still criticize, yet they're not the ones suffering and, and, and um, putting in the work, putting in the time, and really getting paid crap. They wouldn't even take it. If they truly knew how much crap we take, they would um, – they would. I don't even know if they'll understand. They would. They wouldn't accept that themselves if they were in our position. So you're gonna say and something. And not only that, to... it's like from fighting in a ballroom to fighting, for example, at the StubHub Center. I would rather Marty exactly. fight here at the StubHub Center than a ballroom in Michigan. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's a huge thing where where I'm just like, man, this fight can be so big for for her and I and for women box and for boxing. Period. Why are we gonna take it at a ballroom? Like. It's great what they're doing, but it can be so much bigger, and we can gain so much more from that, from her hard work and my hard work. Um, because it, yeah, David, you've Vegas seen it for so long. Yeah, David, for when there was a face-off picture posted a couple a couple weeks ago or a week ago, I, I don't know if you saw it, Felipe and David on on Instagram, but it's the most comments I have ever seen on a female boxing fight, which was Carissa yeah. versus Maricela. So for me, that's a, that's a fight the fans want to see. No matter what, no matter who they're going for, Carissa or Maricela, the fans want to see the fight. I feel Absolutely. both fighters deserve the, the, the respect to be in a good venue with good TV and both of them have good purses. Yes. No, and and maybe, it can be, maybe it can be competitive enough uh, between both of them, that it could be um, a female trilogy, hopefully. Yeah. Now, uh, before, before I move on to, a question, to before I move on to questions about that possible fight between Cornejo and Shields, um, you know, you mentioned that you're in talks with a major promoter, and by the sound of it, it looks like they're going very well. And if it goes, if it, if that deal goes into fruition, it sounds like Cornejo will have, you know some pretty good support, you know. So with that said, does it make sense to actually sacrifice down to 154 pounds so that way she would have somewhat of a size advantage over those those women since she feels comfortable at 160 and 168 that maybe she kind of like, you know, boils down to 154 at the weight day and then the next day she actually, you know, comes up, she'll have an advantage and now that she'll be able to get fights, does it make sense to do that as a team? Um, I think so. I, I don't know. Mari says she can make 154. I believe she can. I saw her in New Zealand make 160 easy. So um, um, if she, I think it would be a huge advantage at 154. And there's more fights out there for, at 154. But it's, at the end of the day, it's at the weight she feels more comfortable at. I feel personally she's stronger at 160. What do you think? What do you think, Maricela? As far as uh, as I mean, you're the one that's going to be doing the work, like you mentioned. Would does that seem something worth making the sacrifice to get down to 154? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, my my next question is: you know, you become somewhat of a road warrior. You fight in the United States. You fight in Mexico. You fight in Australia. Do you feel comfortable doing that, or if it was your choice, would you rather just stay in the United States and, and fight here, where you know you don't have to travel as far? And no, maybe- I want to be. I want it. I want it everywhere. I, 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 why? Why stay local? Why stay in the state? 
you know, okay. it's something being known in the U.S. and then it's something being known worldwide, internationally. Um, so, yeah. Now, moving on to, yeah. Uh, moving on to the Shields fight, you know, you said it yourself, you opened up the interview with stating that you, you're learning on the job. The experience is not there for you, that, that you're learning as you go. And obviously, Clarissa Shields, we all know her story that she has, you know, international uh, experience, you know, 80 fights, almost 80 fights as an amateur, two gold medals, blah, blah, blah. We all know her story. Do you feel if you had your choice, even though everybody wants to see this fight, like Nancy mentioned, that it's the most talked about female boxing match that has not happened. If you had your choice, would you rather wait and face like the Raquel Millers and the Nikki Adlers and these other women to gain the experience to fight Clarissa Shields? Um, in the boxing, in the in the fight, um, I mean, how do you say? How do you say? Um, no me rajo, Nancy. <laughs> No me rajar. No me cerrar. No me cerrar. Yeah. yeah, in the fight, it'll be a competitive uh, fight. I truly do believe, you know, um, I think she said it as well, and I've heard many other fighters say it as well, uh, the level of competition will bring out the best of you. Um, so if they were to hand over a respectable number and if they were to, you know, get the, the fight somewhere where the fans can also enjoy it and, and make it much more bigger than just uh, fighting in the ballroom, I'd take it. I'd take it. But it's not only my decision as well. It's, I have a team behind me, and um, just like they respect my, you know, my work, I, I got to respect their work as well. And it, it all got to make sense. And um, for me, I, I'm good with whatever route, um, Joelle, Nancy, the, the promotion team behind me, whatever they they suggest. So, L- let me ask you now this. Now or later, you're, I'm, I'm fine with it. Okay. Let, let me ask you this. You, you're pretty outspoken uh, in, in interviews and in social media. You're confident of what you bring to the table. And she's very outspoken. I mean, I mean, some might say even overly outspoken, you know, not about, not just about herself and her opponents, but about everything else that's going on in boxing from everything, you know, how do you feel about the way that she talks about her opponents, possible future opponents and the opponent that she's facing next? I mean, with Nikki Adler, she was, you know, I find somewhat disrespectful. She's gotten into Twitter beats with Layla Layla McCarter, who, you know, is, a, is a, a pillar in female boxing, you know, what do you feel about the way that she kind of conducts herself on social media and all that? I don't feel any kind of way about it. I, I really, it doesn't affect me. Um, I am who I am and she is who, who she is. And I, I don't try to um, jump my lane on or, or personality or character. Um, I don't think it's right or wrong on how she is, or I don't think I'm right or wrong how I am. Um, I really, I don't pay attention to that. I, 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 I wouldn't, I wouldn't try there. I wouldn't try to sit there and exchange words with somebody. It's like um, on a, I'm not, I'm not calling her or anybody else uh, this 
this thing where I'm about to, this analogy. It's like, a, a, a you know, in a pig pen. You jump in the with the pig and, and you want to, and you start fighting with it, the pig's going to get, the pig's going to love it, and you're just going to get pissed off and dirty. So mm. I, I, I stay in my lane. I, I am who I am, and she is who she is, and everybody has the right to be the way they are. It works for her. So go on. Go on. Do you with, with however um, you express yourself. It doesn't bother me and doesn't affect my life. David, do you have any other questions? Uh, no, my my next question is, um, when do you go back to training? Are you already back in training, Maricela? Um, I I train today. I train today. Um, so, I mean, I'm not going to go full on full on, you know, in because I mean, but they said that I may be scheduled to be fighting on November. So, um, I always stay active. I always stay active either way. Whenever they give us a set date, then we'll step it up. We'll, we'll start, you know, um, organizing the camp there on out. And, and Nancy, when, um, when you get word about the uh, developments regarding the promoter, will you give us a call? Of course, of course, David. I mean, Felipe and you have been huge supporters for female boxing, and I truly appreciate it. And and this is on behalf of so many women boxers. I I speak to Sulem daily. I speak to Ava Knight almost daily. Mari, there's very few websites that actually um, put women out there, and you two are so responsible for for helping and pushing pushing female boxing. And hopefully one day they get the same respect that the men are getting because they work just as hard or even harder. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you too. Thank you guys so much for all your support. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I I appreciate it, and I'm grateful for every single one who speaks about women boxing. You know, I, I don't take that for granted. A lot of fighters may take that for granted, and and you, you don't have to report on it, but you do. So I appreciate that, and thank you for that. Well, uh, thank you. Thank you. Also, that I want to thank you guys. You guys have been, um, you know, a good. I feel that that Nancy, you know, we known each other outside of this radio uh, show. And Maricela, I met you in the past, but I follow you on on social media and all that. And I believe that y- you two women are great representations of what female boxing should be. You know, you go in the ring, you fight. Um, you win some, you lose some, but you keep fighting. You keep trying to improve yourself. You've done changes. You made sacrifices, moving away from your family, moving away from certain trainers, going out to the desert. I mean, you live in Indio, California, of all places, so uh, <laughs> to try to fight. So uh, not not you know, in it, Indio. One of the cities, Coachella. It, but not in Indio. Okay. Well, around. <laughs> it, it doesn't matter. Once you drive through there, they all look the same. So. <laughs> so the, I, I want, we want to thank you as part, uh, on behalf of the two men around here for being uh, great uh, examples of what female boxing could be and should be and, and we're here for you guys I mean we're here to, to try to get people to know about the Maricela Cornejos and about the Nancy Rodriguez and about all the other women that like you say sacrifice every day to uh, jump in that ring and, and give us what we want to see and those are great fights so with that said, we thank you for your time. 
and hopefully uh, everything works out with that promoter, and we get to hear the news uh, fairly soon. We hope so. Thank right. you so Thank much, you Felipe so much. and David. All right. Thank good night. you very much. I appreciate good night, ladies. Okay. All right. Good night. Bye. Bye. And there you have it, folks. We had a former super middleweight champion for the WBC, international super middleweight champion, Maricela Cornejo, and her manager, Nancy Rodriguez, here on the two-minute round, talking about all things Clarissa Shields, Nikki Adler, why did she get the fight for the super middleweight title, and what's coming up next. We sound somewhat interesting. They, obviously, they couldn't uh, give us the news before, but it sounds like a big-time West Coast promoter I mean, it's not too hard to guess who that is. Might be signing another female boxer, and by I say other, because it seems like they already have one under their banner, David. Yeah, yeah. There's um, well, there's there's several promoters here in the West Coast, so we'll see who it is. I don't want to jump the gun and say it's this person when it's really not. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah, but, me neither. But when she said major, I mean, there's only one. I mean, Vegas is not the West Coast, so. When she said major, I, I only thought of one. Oh, okay. Well, I'm not going to guess. <laughs> right. Well, it's just, hopefully, hopefully it works out. Hopefully it works out, and, and, and we get to hear fairly soon. And, I mean, I don't know. You, you, you're, the, you're, the, you're the wizard, the, the guy pulling the strings behind the uh, curtain on the show, David. So hopefully they can give us the exclusive. <laughs> you know, you got the exclusive from from, um, from – uh, Serrano, so hopefully you can get the exclusive through Nancy and she could tell us first, but I'm sure they're going to want to break it somewhere before our next show. But before we go back to discussing Nancy, uh, Amanda Serrano's uh, uh, next fight at super lightweight, I, let's just go through the really quickly the rest of the, uh, of the fight results so we can go into that. Uh, on Saturday, August 12th from the Howard Theater in Washington, D.C., Franchon Cruz, who was uh, Clarissa Shields' first opponent actually got back into the ring and got her first win. She was 0-1. Now she's 1-1. She scored a unanimous decision against Sidney LeBlanc in the four-rounder at 175 pounds, David. So Franklin Cruz, very experienced amateur fighter and now fighting the pros. I mean, she's somewhat away from from uh, from fighting a Maricela Cornejo, but I would love to see her against like a Raquel Miller because Raquel Miller – uh, is only like three and zero, and French and Cruz is is one and one, so that'll be a great fight as well. Then also, Cruz is very good. Yeah, from the and Raquel Miller too, and we'll go and we'll talk to her about her in the upcoming calendar. Uh, and the uh, Palacio Peñarol in uh, in Montevideo, Uruguay, Jessica Bob, one of the legendary actual uh, active fighters, scored a unanimous decision over Olga Julio Venezuela in a ten rounders, defending her WBA light lightweight title. Jesse Kebab looked as good as ever. Foot movement, quick hands, great boxing skills. Scores of 190 times three. I think she should have gotten an extra credit and maybe gotten five more points on top of that. So she looked great. <laughs> now it's just a matter of seeing who she's going to fight. I mean, I don't, I don't mean to beat a, 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 what's a dead horse or something, but I mean, Kenya Enriquez, the interim WBC junior flyweight champion has been telling everybody and calling and saying whoever would listen that she wants to fight other champions and, and, you know, and she's willing to travel to do it. So why not see Jessica pop against Kenya Dickens, you know, early next year. So 
we'll see if, if something can, can like that can materialize because if we're really honest, even though Jessica Bob looked awesome in her last fight, ever since she came back from maternity leave, she's really just been fighting South American uh, kind of overmatched fighters, you know. Uh, let me just give you a yeah, quick she's rundown. Very talented. Before she went on maternity leave, she fought Daniela Bermudez, who actually is the fighter that beat uh, Ma- um, uh, Mariana, Mariana Juarez. Juarez at Bantamweight, but um, in 2014. So she went to maternity leave. She comes back in 2016, and she beat Vanessa Lorena Taborda, right? Beat her That's in cool. April of last year. Then she fought Nancy Franco, who just lost to Annabelle Ortiz this last a couple weekends ago in June of 2016. Then she fought Anaí Torres, La Pantera Torres, good fighter, experienced fighter, but not at her level, quite honestly. And she beat her in November. She fights Luna Del Mar Torroba again in April of this year, and now she beats, a, a, beats an overmatched Olga Julio. So I think I mean, I, in a sense, I understand it because she's a very popular fighter in her hometown of Argentina, in her home country of Argentina. And I, honestly, lately, she's been actually doing the world tour because she's fought in Venezuela and in Montevideo, Uruguay, since uh, her maternity leave, as well as Argentina. So there's really no reason to actually step in the ring with a real threat because she's making money, she's getting wins, she's 33 years old. So does she stay doing that, David, or before she leaves, before she retires, and we're not saying she is, but she is 33 years old, do we see her make another run? Uh, I would expect her to do that. I, I think um, she's fighting at a heavier class. Maybe she's trying to fill out the, the new weight class because she fought at lower weights. Uh, she's mm-hmm. extremely athletic. I mean, she's got speed and agility, and uh, I, I could see her – uh, she she told one of our reporters from the PrizeFighters.com, Diego Moria, that she would love to fight in the U.S. She wouldn't mind fighting in Mexico again. She mm. she's just one of those adventurous fighters, just like uh, Maricela Cornejo said. She would she would love to fight all over the world too. There's certain fighters like that that just, that just like worldwide attention. They're not satisfied, and I I think Bob uh, is one of those uh, good examples. Yeah, and she's and she's she's at the pinnacle of her popularity, I would believe, in Argentina. Um, and lastly, on that same card, hometown Chris Namus scored a unanimous decision over Argentinian Jamila Esther Reynoso in a ten rounder to capture the vacant IBF 154 pound title. Scores there were 189, 98, 91, and 99, 90. Now we touch bases on this card, on this on this fight. And what we were talking to Maricela Cornejo and her manager, Nancy Rodriguez, I mean, I think it makes total, complete sense that if they sign on with a big-time promoter, that could get them. You know, Maricela is only fighting at these different weight classes because, she's, like she mentioned on the interview, she's trying to get any fight she can because up to now she, doesn't, she hasn't really had a promoter that's really going to get behind her and push her and, and, and spend the money to get her to where she needs to be. And be, despite of that, She's, always, she's already been the WBC International Super Middleweight Champion, and she's ranked very high in, in other in organizations, despite not having a promoter. Now, imagine if you have a promoter who is willing to spend a little bit of money and get you the right fight 
for you to build up your resume and get the experience that you need, the experience she says yeah. you need. Now, imagine if, if you have that, why not, you know, boil yourself down to 154 pounds, which it doesn't seem like it might be too much of, a, of an issue for her. She's a hard worker. I follow her on, on Instagram. She's always posting her running at 6 in the morning and her training schedules and, and her diets and stuff like that. So she is a hard worker. Why not go down to 154 and go after the Chris Namuses and the Hannah Gabriels? And why not even maybe a mega fight somewhere down the road against Cecilia Breakhouse if she decides to move up to super welterweight? Yeah, that's that's actually a, uh, a good one. I don't even think yeah. about that one, but Cecilia Breakhouse is a good one if she moves up. Yeah, and if she does that at 154 pounds and she feels comfortable at that weight class and she starts beating these fighters – it goes to show that Clarissa Shields is not the only road to, you know, to stardom. And if Clarissa Shields wants to go down to 154, then Maricela Cornejo will be right there with her. Exactly. Good point. Okay. So that brings us to the end of our fight results. And now let's discuss a little bit uh, the Serrano news of that she's now the mandatory to Ana Laura Estreche for the WBO super lightweight title. The only thing that I find interesting, and I know the thinking behind it, we were talking about this before the show, David, where she has basically with what she's done with six, uh, six titles in five different weight classes, she's pretty much earned the right to be the mandatory for a stretcher, but it just doesn't make sense because she's never fought at that weight class, one. And to me, it seems like a way for the WBO who quite frankly, has always or, or has in the past supported um, Serrano in her quest to c- get all these titles, basically forcing Estreche to fight uh, Serrano for the title. What do you think? Uh, well, I think that, that she has earned her way because that, that's an extraordinary feat. Um, I think... Uh, the organization is also looking at the many factor. This is a big fight. It's a, it's a big fight in America, and it's going to be televised. That means more money, more prestige for the WBO and for the Argentine fighter, Steche. Uh, it, it's, it, it's a winner all the way around. So I think that's why they look at it, and that's why she's a mandatory. It's happened in the past with men. It's happened with Manny Pacquiao, with Oscar De Loya, and with others, uh, even Floyd Mayweather. Um, they, it, it, it all has to do with, you know, your ability. If you can show that you could just run over other divisions like Amanda Serrano has done, uh, then you deserve it. They say, you know what, it, she deserves to be number one if she wants to try for it. it, it it's happened before. Alexis Aguayo is another one. He's another one that did the same thing. What I also find interesting, and I, I, it's no secret that I somehow criticized the WBO, and I've done it past on this show in 31, in 31 episodes. I've criticized the WBO before, WBO before. <laughs> and, and what I find interesting as well is that she's a mandatory, but there's no rankings. And, and, and it's kind of a criticism because I want to see rankings from the WBO. The only thing they do is they name, they, name, they, they name their female champion within the rankings of their male fighters. Why not take a little bit of time? You are getting the sanctioning WBO, 
you are receiving sanctioning fees, so why don't you take the time to get two or three people of your uh, championship committee or whoever and actually come up with some rankings. It's not that hard to do. There's box rec. There, you can get the rankings of the other organizations, and then you can you know, move them around however you see fit and do your rankings. I think that's a kind that's of a, a good- slap in the yeah, I think it's a slap in the face for the female fighters that are fighting for their fight for their for their belts is that they don't they don't get ranked but they get sanction fees and, and they get mandatory but we don't know who's ranked where. That's a good, very good point. They well, should have that. It's all it should be required. Yeah, they're the only ones out of the four major uh, organizations that do not have posted. Uh, rankings. I mean, do they have secret rankings? They might, and they're they're in their right to do so. Like I would guess, but at least let us know. Hey, we do have rankings. They're secret. We don't want to post them. And here's the reason why. Then okay, fine, perfect. But the only one out of the four organizations that don't have posted rankings. So so hopefully the WBO moves into that direction fairly soon. Now Shelly Vincent David will be participating in her first fight of the year. The of the year David. She has not fought. In all of 2017, on September 15th in the Foxwoods Casino against veteran Angel Gladney in a scheduled eight-rounder. She has not seen action since December of last year when she defeated Marquita Lee with the unanimous decision over eight rounds. That fight card is promoted by DeBella Entertainment. Do you know why she has not seen action this year? Have you heard anything? No, I really haven't. Uh, I, I think one of the – I mean, I can only be guessing, but one of the problems has been that Bella is a New York promoter, and they had that insurance issue where if you have a club show, you really can't do it because they have a million-dollar bond, and uh, uh, they don't want to. They can't afford that. I mean, they wouldn't make any money on these these smaller shows. So I think because of that, it's it's just a little more difficult to have these kind of fights uh, for Bella, who's a New York promoter, and other places because yeah. then you start getting into the travel issues and things like that. Good point. But she's from – she's not from New York. She's, she's from Rhode Island. Like, yeah, she's from somewhere around there. So, yeah, good point. That's, that, I would hate to be her, you know, for the simple fact that she's a fighter. She wants to fight. Maybe she's taking a break. I mean, she did come back fairly quickly after that loss to Heather Hardy, which was her first last year, in a great fight on the CBS Sports Network with Marquita Lee. Um, and then, you know – being that you come back from a, from a first loss and you, you come back fairly quickly, then it means like, hey, I'm ready to move on. And for her to take this much of a break, I hope it is the reason you said and not something else because she is a good fighter. She's an entertaining fighter. Uh, uh, she's a unique fighter. And we would like to see her in the, in the ring more often. Yeah, now, yeah, Debella has some good fighters. This past weekend you were in Vegas, right, David? Uh, yes, I was. All right, you were there at the fifth annual Nevada Boxing Hall of Fame ceremony, uh, where Pro Fighter of the Year was named by uh, Layla MacArthur was named as the Pro Fighter of the Year for the Nevada Boxing Hall of Fame, and the Pro Prospect of the Year was Latondra Jones, who fights under the Mayweather Promotions banner. And uh, WBC's Joe Diamond received a special award for all her contributions to women's boxing. And Elena got Elena Baby Doll Reed. She got inducted to the Boxing Hall of Fame. Correct. Uh, no, no, she was, uh, oh, she's going into the, she's going into the WBAN Boxing Hall of Fame. 
right? Uh, yeah, That's what we were yeah, talking about yeah. some some shows ago. I'm sure that fairly quickly in the near future, in the next couple of years, she's going to be inducted into the Nevada Boxing Hall of Fame because she used to fight out oh, yeah. of Las Vegas, and that is one yeah. of the criteria. But one that did get inducted was Lucia Riker. Excuse me, Lucia Riker. David, tell us about the experience of it. Elena was there. Uh, Jill Diamond was there. Lucia Riker was there. Female boxing got their just due at, at the fifth annual Nevada Boxing Hall of Fame. Tell us about the experience. Well, it sure was crowded. It was, uh, it was held at Caesars Palace in the upper ballroom, and uh, there was a lot of people. Uh, it's become a very popular event. I think this is our fifth event or fourth event, and um, they had all kinds of stars. But the one thing about Nevada Hall of Fame is they really give equal due to the female fighters. And uh, honoring Lucia Riker uh, was only proper. She's too many, including myself. She's the greatest female fighter of all time. I mean, if anybody's ever seen her fight, she. I mean, you would know who she is. I mean. She she just fought. Uh, uh, I, I've never seen anybody like that. Nobody with that kind of skill, speed, everything. She just knew what she was doing. She could fight guys. She could fight anybody. She was just. I hated her. I hated her fighter. in the million dollar. I hated her in the million dollar babies. That's all I know about that. <laughs> no, but and, and that's something yeah. to say. And that's something to say coming from Mr. David Avila, because Mr. David Avila is a, you know, obviously non-biased. Very fair, but you have always mentioned that you admire Layla MacArthur's skill set, but you're telling me that Lucia yeah. Riker is the best female fighter you've ever seen. Yeah, she's the best. She's the measure. She She's the person you measure to because I've never seen anybody with her kind of skills. I mean, she just hard to describe. Uh, the first time I ever saw her, I said, who is that? And she was just a dominant figure. She never. She was never beaten. Uh, she she was supposed to fight Christy Martin, but that fight fell through. I remember it was 2005. Uh, I even have a poster of it. Uh, she got injured, and the fight was postponed and never brought back. But, that was the uh, million dollar. Was that's going to be the million dollar baby fight, right? Exactly. Exactly. It came out. Okay. Here's uh, here's the story after. for you. Here's the story for you, David. That fight. Because that fight didn't happen, I, I uh, got introduced to boxing journalism, and I began to write for FightNews.com, which was the first assignment that I ever got uh, in the boxing world. And the reason that it happened is because, because that fight, the undercard, the, the semi-main event of that fight was going to be Jorge El Travieso Arce, okay? Oh, and because that, okay. because that fight didn't happen, the same week that it got canceled because I think who was the one that suffered the injury, Christy Martin? Uh, no, no, I think it was Riker. Riker, and, and that fight was going to be in Vegas. Since that fight card got canceled because Riker got hurt, Jorge's Arce's fight was announced that it was going to happen in Tijuana, where I live. And then, like a day later, they moved it, and I, and it was going to be that weekend. And I'm like, oh, I'm not going to be able to attend because a good friend of mine, and I'm talking about 12 years ago because I remember it was 12 years ago. July 30th, 12 years ago. Um, so that would be what? 2000, what is 2017? Five. 2005. So July 30th, 2005, 
Um, so then the, the Travieso Arsenal fight was going to be moved to Tijuana. And then a day later, they moved it to La Paz, where it just so happens I was going to travel to because I was going to a wedding down there. A good friend of mine was getting married the following week, but we're going to spend the prior week in La Paz. So then I tried to contact Fight News to figure out where to buy tickets. Flat Top, the editor, managing editor of, Flat, of Fight News, asked, told me, if you go to that fight, you call me after the fight and tell me who won and how, I will get you two ringside press passes to the fight. And that's how I got into writing for Fight News and began this whole boxing journey for me. So it was because of that <laughs> fight falling through that I'm here with you today, David. That's ironic. <laughs> <laughs> that's Long funny. journey of Felipe de Leon. <laughs> yeah, it all started, it all started that, uh, that day on July 30th. Um, so that was a little bit of a, a walk down memory lane. So, David, we got a little bit of time left here on the two-minute round. Your hooks and jazz look at the female boxing world number 31. Uh, for all you listeners out there, if you guys get a chance, if you ever feel to give us a call, you can do so at 323, area code 323-580-5735. Our next show will be September 1st. We more than likely have an exclusive interview with a major member of the female boxing world, as well as all your news and notes, past uh, fight results, and future upcoming calendar. So we're going to go into the upcoming calendar right now for the fights for the next couple weeks. Friday, August 18th in Santa Fe, Argentina. And we were talking about this before we started the show, David. Argentina is the number one female boxing country in the world. They have, I mean, Mexico is right there with them, but, but, uh, they have major fights almost every week, Friday and Saturday. And we're going to see that this, this next couple of weeks. Because on August 18th, which is tomorrow, from Santa Fe, Argentina, Victoria Noelia Bustos faces Maria Soledad Capriolo for the IBF lightweight title at a, a, in a 10-rounder. And on the undercard, non-title fight in a six-rounder, Brenda, Brenda Karen Carvajal, when I see uh, U.S. like American names, but in Spanish, it, 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 it throws me off because it should be Brenda Karen, which doesn't sound right. Brenda Karen Carvajal will face Maria Angelica Ruiz in a six-rounder in Santa Fe, Argentina. Saturday, August the 19th in Buenos Aires, Argentina. So you just had on Friday night an IBF title fight, and on Saturday night in Argentina, you have Deborah Anaí Dionysius, Dionysius, I can't pronounce that, Dionysius facing Mexican Diana Fernandez in a 10-rounder for the IBF super flyweight title. So you have two IBF title fights on a Friday and a Saturday in Argentina, whereas the same night, David, if this goes down, which I haven't seen much news about this, but if it goes down, it might be a historic date tomorrow night, no, Saturday night. Because Diana Fernandez has a sister. Her name is Karina Fernandez. And she's going to be challenging Argentina, Argentinian Linda Laura Lecha for the WBA Super Flyweight title. So here we have two sisters fighting on the same night for two different Super Flyweight titles. That's got to be some kind of record. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I haven't heard of it before. And that's going to be in Trujillo, Peru. So let's see if that actual second fight goes down because I know the first fight is actually going down because I've heard it uh, announced on the Jessica Bob fight that just happened this past weekend. They were, going to, they were announcing that it was going to be televised. So let's see if that, that fight in Peru between 
Lecha and Karina Fernandez so the WBA Super Flyweight title happens. If it does, then that must be a, a, a history in the making right there with two sisters. And if they both win, then it will be off the charts. Absolutely. Now, on, on same August, uh, August 19th, this Saturday, uh, from the Alameda County Fairgrounds in Pleasanton, California, this is not going to be televised, but we have former Olympian, I think she was Olympian, if not she was an Olympian alternate, uh, Raquel Miller facing Keita Watkins in a six-rounder at 160 pounds. Raquel Miller fights, uh, she trains in San Diego, actually, but fights out of Oakland. She's originally from Oakland, and she's going back home to face Keita Watkins in a six-rounder at 160 pounds. Saturday, this, August this is 14th. This is Saturday, Raquel Miller in Pleasanton, California. Okay. And lastly, on Saturday, August 26th, from the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas, on the Mayweather Promotions card, obviously the big fight between Floyd Mayweather Jr. and Conor McGregor. Well, we're going to have a female fight on that card. We're going to have Savannah Marshall from England will be making her pro debut against another pro debuter, Amy Coleman, in a Schedule 4 rounder at Super Middleweight. Her claim to uh, fame, uh, Savannah Marshall, is that she is the only fighter who has ever beaten Clarissa Shields in a sanctioned fight, this was in the amateurs, in a boxing ring, and that's it, Savannah Marshall, Clarissa Shields' amateur record is 77-1, and one, and that one came to Savannah Marshall. David, do you know if she ever uh, avenged that loss? Uh, I think she did. I think she did avenge it, but I'm not, you know, I, I wouldn't put my money, you know, my life on it, but I think she did fight her again. Well, there you have it, folks. That's the upcoming calendar. Not that big, but a lot of good uh, good uh, title fights. Victoria Noelia Bustos against Maria Soledad Capriolo tomorrow night. We got Deborah Anaí Dionisius against Diana Fernandez on Saturday. Linda Luara Lecha against Karina Fernandez also on Saturday. And then we have Raquel Miller in uh, Pleasant, California, uh, near the Bay Area up there by Oakland. And then Savannah Marshall in Las Vegas on the August 26th Vegas card with Mayweather, Conor McGregor on the main event. David, any closing thoughts? No, but it was just a pleasure to have uh, Maricela Cornejo and, and Nancy Rodriguez on the show. And uh, it was interesting uh, what they talked about. Uh, uh, women's boxing is, is so different at times and uh, a little more uh, high voltage than, than even the men's. Yes. You know, very action-packed. A lot of the fights that you see in female boxing are, are very action-packed. And, and what's interesting as well is that you, we have, you know, Maricela Cornejo and Clarissa Shields who are uh, – we've talked about this before. When you weigh 100, maybe 100 – I don't know, David. What would you say? I mean, it's very tough to get fights at those weight classes, 154, 160, oh, yeah. 168, heavyweight – you know, because there is no super, uh, super uh, uh, sorry, there's no light heavyweight division or cruiserweight division in female boxing. It goes from super middleweight to heavyweight. Just because there isn't no any fighters in those divisions. So here we see a Maricela Cornejo having to go up and down and weigh 160, 168, thinking about going to 154 just to find a home, just to find a place where she could call home and really start to you know, to to develop a, a career. 
because even though she's seven and two and, and, and she's done plenty in her career, you know, it's very hard to do it when, when you don't have a weight class where you could really sit down there and, and build and fight other fighters in that weight class and build and get ranked and, and get experience. It's really hard to do that when you have to be jumping around in weight classes and trying to figure out what's going to be the best fit. So hopefully she does get that promoter. She gets that support. And, and hopefully we get to see bigger things from Maricela Cornejo. Yeah, absolutely. I really look forward to it, and I wish, wish them the best. I really hope I really hope they listen to the rest of the show and they really take our advice and, and, and move down to 154 because I think there will be some great fights there for her. And then in the future, you know, she, she started off in boxing a little late. You know, she's not, the, she's, she's not that young, but she's not that old either. You know, she could do a lot of things in the next five years if she decides to stay that long in boxing, and especially with the promoter because I'm sure that the promoter is going to sign her for at least five years. Yeah, she's a very good athlete. She's, she played uh, uh, volleyball, softball. She, she's an athlete. She, she, that's why she's been able to do what she's done. And she, she, to a certain extent, she has all the right tools. I mean, she's bilingual. Uh, she's good-looking. Not that that's a huge uh, tool, but, but it helps. Um, obviously, she's determined because she's willing to make sacrifices when we talked about moving from Washington, uh, moving to, uh, you know, the Inland Empire to find the right training. And, and basically she just needs uh, the support now to try to uh, make something out of it. So hopefully she gets it. And, uh, and hopefully we get to see, hopefully this week we get to hear who the promoter is and, and see if I was right and you were wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I hope uh... Hope it works out. Okay. Well, with that said, folks, we thank you for listening either live or on our podcast here at the Two Minute Round Hooks and Jazz Look at the Female Boxing World, number 31. Number 32 will be with you on September 1st, 7 p.m. Pacific time here on Block Talk Radio forward slash Two Minute Round. With that said, we bid you good night. Good night. Bueno, oh bueno, okay. Entonces, el David le preguntó que, que cómo se sintió en esa pelea y bla, bla, bla. Y ella dijo, oh, pues la verdad no me sentí muy bien, no me gustó mi actuación porque... Eh, bueno, este fue mi error y nunca volver a pasar, pero pues se gana con experiencia porque nunca he usado un papa aquí, no me puse doble brasier, entonces ya casi se me estaban subiendo mis pesos y dijo una palabra bien para pesos, ¿no? Y ya se me estaban subiendo casi mis pesos en el primer round, la muchacha, o sea, me tirando golpes casi me, me, me baja mi papa y casi se me, me calentan los pesos, entonces el resto de la pelea.
90 seconds.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.